Thank you, uh, Dr. Faisal, uh, Mr. Christopher Gee, and uh, Mr. Hong Xinping, uh, uh, Mr. Ziad, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, good morning to all of you. Uh, let me say that I'm very happy to join you this morning, and I want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to share about our economic strategies, in particular, Singapore's approach to navigating the increasingly turbulent global order. For the past 30 years since the Cold War, globalization has benefited the world. Markets were deliberalized and trade flourished. This rising tide lifted many boats, especially small sampans like Singapore. Since the inaugural Singapore Economic Roundtable in 2003, Singapore's GDP per capita has grown from about $40,000 uh, to slightly more than $100,000 in 2023. This is an increase of more than 5% per annum on average for 20 years. However, globalization is at an inflection point. The Washington's consensus of liberalization and free markets is now being challenged. There are many reasons for this, including the growing role that security plays in driving economic policy. The war in Ukraine and the conflict in the Middle East have compounded supply chain disruptions, first triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic, and in turn contributed to global inflation. The battle for economic supremacy among the major powers has caused a heightened sense of zero-sum competition. Greater volatility and an erosion of trust have led more economies to move away from just-in-time to just-in-case. More economies are now rolling out massive subsidies and grants to attract investments to build up their own domestic production, especially in strategic industries like semiconductors and clean energy. These shifts portend a major reorganization of global economy. First, a reorganization of alliance. As countries seek new partners against the backdrop of a changing economic geoeconomic landscape. Multilateral institutions such as the BRICS bloc of top emerging economies are increasingly seen as alternatives to established global bodies dominated by the traditional powers. Foreign investment flows are also becoming more concentrated amongst countries that are geopolitically aligned. Second, a reorganization of global supply chains Countries are pursuing de-risking strategies such as nearshoring or friendshoring their supply chains to enhance their resilience. This bifurcation in the economic systems has the potential to exacerbate rivalries and frictions between countries rather than cooperation and partnership. Third, a rebalancing of priorities. In such an environment, economic imperatives are increasingly being weighed against national security considerations. Countries are more ready to pursue policies such as sanctions, exports and import controls, investment restrictions, and technology transaction rules, even if this may be at the expense of economic growth. As a small and open economy, Singapore's survival will depend on our ability to adapt our economic strategies in response to the changing global landscape and manage the, economic, uh, manage the economic security nexus better than our competitors. 
And this morning, I would like to speak about three strategies which together will steady our sampan in these choppy waters. First, we must continue to expand our connectivity to regional and international economies so that we can widen our economic space and ride the wave of global opportunities. Singapore is a small and an open economy. We cannot afford to turn away from the global market. We also cannot afford to have the global market turn away from us. We will therefore need to continue to support and strengthen the rules-based global trading architecture. And by reinforcing key multinational, multilateral institutions such as the World Trade Organization. An effective and well-functioning dispute settlement system is the cornerstone of a rules-based trading system. And this is why Singapore has been a strong supporter of reforming the WTO's dispute settlement system. Our leadership role in the WTO's Joint Statement Initiative on Electronic Commerce e-commerce also demonstrates our commitment to explore practical and inclusive ways to foster collaboration. Members which are ready and willing to commit to rules on trade-related aspects of electronic commerce can join the JSI. But to keep JSI inclusive, the door must remain open for others to come on board whenever they are ready. At the same time, we must continue to enlarge our network of trading partners and establish new connections with emerging markets. We are already a hyper-connected economy with 27 free trade agreements with economies accounting for 60% of the global GDP. But we want to do more. Last year, we signed the Pacific Alliance Singapore Free Trade Agreement, collectively the eighth largest economy in the world, and in the midst of negotiating the Mercosur-Singapore FTA. These agreements allow our economies to unlock new market opportunities and diversify our supply chains. For example, in recent years, we have seen a greater variety of food-related imports from Latin America, such as pork from Mexico, in addition to chicken from Brazil. And we look forward to having more. This has helped to strengthen the resilience of Singapore's food supply system. Second, we must seek out new areas of cooperation. This will allow us to deepen collaboration while also strengthening our relevance as a global business hub. Sustainability is one area where there are interesting opportunities for growth and strong potential for international collaboration. Green financing, carbon services and trading are some examples of new industries that we can look forward to in the green economy. Singapore's Green Economy Agreement with Australia, the first of its kind, will facilitate our businesses' overseas trade and investments in green goods and services and catalyze businesses to pursue emission reduction and decarbonization. We hope that the Green Economy Agreement can be a pathfinder for cooperation in our journey towards a more sustainable future. The digital economy is continuing to thrive and is another area that holds great potential for like-minded partners to come together and collaborate. The Southeast Asia digital economy is expected to reach one trillion US dollars by 2030. To unlock Singapore's potential in this space, 
Our various digital economy agreements provide, provide international frameworks to foster interoperability and standards. These agreements will support our businesses' participation in digital trade and e-commerce. These common frameworks will grow our digital economy, enabling companies in Singapore to increase their reach to global customers and digitally connect with them more seamlessly. Besides identifying new areas of cooperation, we must also forge new models of collaboration to respond to the shifts in global economic landscape. The GSI initiative I mentioned earlier is one example. The IPAF supply chain agreement, which allows parties to collaborate on supply chain developments, is another example of how the global community can turn challenges into opportunities and continue to find bright spots of collaboration, even amidst growing risk of fragmentation. Remaining open to trade and investment continues to be a linchpin of our economic strategy. At the same time, we need to fortify our domestic tools to address the increasingly complex operating landscape and strengthen the resilience of our economy. Identifying critical entities crucial to our economy and society and ensuring their continuity will provide investors with confidence that we have adequate and effective provisions to ensure the proper functioning of the economy. Globally, an increasing number of jurisdictions have in fact recognized the importance of safeguarding the ownership and control of such critical entities. Many countries have tightened or introduced measures to screen investments for national security reasons in recent years, with more planning to do so as well. And these include traditionally open economies like Switzerland and Ireland. Singapore currently relies on a range of sectoral legislation to monitor and manage entities in regulated services, such as telecommunications, banking and finance, as well as utilities. These tools have served us well and will continue to be important in our overall strategy. However, because of the increasingly complex economic environment, it is important for us to take a broader view on how we can more effectively manage the risks that may arise from some of these critical entities. This is why my ministry introduced a new significant investment review bill earlier this week. This bill will complement existing sectoral legislation by setting out a new investment management framework for critical entities not adequately covered under existing sectoral legislation. As the majority of critical entities are already covered by sectoral legislation, we expect only a handful of entities to be vaccinated under the bill and be regulated. The bill has been designed to be business friendly. Vaccination applies to individual entities rather than the whole sector. It applies to both foreign and local investors. We closely consulted the industry representatives to take into account their views and suggestions from both businesses and investors. Over the next few weeks, we will continue to engage with industry, particularly in entities being considered for potential destination. We will share the details of the bill and we will be working with them on the implementation details as well. After the bill is passed, a dedicated office will be set up
to implement the legislation and to closely engage businesses and investors. We will ensure that the process is as efficient as possible. It is timely for, for us to introduce the new bill amidst a rapidly evolving and increasingly complex operating landscape to enhance our economic resilience and national security. The bill will strengthen our position as a trusted hub for businesses to invest with confidence in a stable, safe and secure Singapore. Singapore must navigate the complexities of an evolving world. We will do so by continuing to deepen our networks and expand trade and investment flows, while also fortifying our domestic strategies to adapt to the growing economic security nexus. Together, we will transform the challenges of today into opportunities of tomorrow, so that we will continue to grow our economy and create good jobs for our people. Thank you, and I look forward to an exciting exchange of views with all of you. Thank you.